Now beginning transmission 85. Oh boy, seat of destruction. File under November holidays. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Tenders all while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. You can find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> we now join Brian. So it is a wonderful, lovely Friday night. So what are four sexy motherfuckers such as ourselves doing on a Friday night? Not out on the town. Of course, we're sitting indoors talking about comic books. Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This week, we are discussing, as part of our November holidays and the occult or a day, which I don't remember what day of the week that was, but occult day is this week, kids. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, we're reading uh, the first book of Hellboy, Hellboy Seeds of Destruction. Um, and before we get into all that goodness, we have to introduce you to our panel. We have the birthday boy himself, the lovely, the fabulous, the super sexy... Adam. Hey guys, what's up? It's Adam, uh, the film critic and reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot. Also the co-host of the Bored as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Hi, Andy. And yes, it is my birthday, which I spent all day working, and I will spend all day tomorrow working, and then be able to go out and destroy Salt Lake City tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> or destroy your liver. Or, or both, yeah. That's whatever. Yeah, probably both in that order. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, you can find me here and curating our gruff and grind, our grinder and scruff accounts, and all that fun stuff. And yeah, that's me. Yay! Cool. I'm tired. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> also, having yeah. a, a birthday earlier this week, we have the other birthday boy, slightly minor birthday boy, but like his birthday was a major a couple days ago. Now it's a minor birthday. We have Maya. Hey guys, uh, it's Jeremiah. You can catch me right here, uh, or you can catch me on. Uh, soon, uh, we don't haven't quite posted any episodes yet, but uh, soon you'll be able to catch me on the Breaking Babylon podcast, uh, where me and two of our friends are going through and watching Babylon 5. One uh, has never watched it, and one only watched it when it first aired, and we, we discuss our feelings on the episodes. Feelings. Um, All the feels. And you can also catch me, uh, if you're in Salt Lake City, at Dr. Volt's Comics, which is at 2043 East, 3300 South. Uh, or just, you know, not catch me up there, but still go up there anyway, because they're a damn awesome comic shop, and uh, uh, I'm not saying that because I'm biased, because I was a customer for many years before I worked there. How do you get a job at a comic shop? I'm curious. Like, Do you just have to like be there uh, all the I time just, and then suck up to I them? I just kind of failed my way into it. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I just kept hanging out there, and I was like, hey, do you need this done? Do you need this done? And I started by doing, like, 
super bitch work, and then finally I ended up doing more work, and there you have it. Gotcha. How often do you actually work up there now? Uh, I do the shipments uh, every Tuesday. I'm there pretty much all day on Tuesdays, and uh, just whenever Dave needs needs me. Uh, I'm to the point where uh, I don't have to be there, but if I'm there if they need me. I gotcha. Okay. But every Tuesday for shipment. My schedule was more consistent. I would totally try to like get my way into a comic book store. Anyway, <laughs> but also creating his own comic book store of his own in his uh, guest bedroom, we have Todd. I just broke my 507th trade that came in this Congratulations. week. Congratulations. Hooray. I feel you are fags. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm looking at that and I'm like, I'm a little embarrassed and proud. And embarrassed. And proud. And embarrassed. And embarrassed. Yes. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. On Wednesdays, I tend to hang out at Lucky 13 doing pub quiz. I just got back from Thor Ragnarok taking my two nieces to it. So I just saw it for the first time with them. And besides having a little bit of technical difficulties known as my life, I'm here having a good time with you guys. Okay. And hey, um, see, since we're doing embarrassing comic book uh, confessions, I am like two books away for having my to be red pile into the 30s i'm super excited about it actually. I, I gotta send you more books no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> i am so excited to have in fact actually i have books from you that i still need to read down like there's still a fair amount um i yeah anyway and we'll get to it in recommendations but I, I i promised myself that i would not go to the comic shop again until I at least read all the books that i bought the last time i went to comics the comic shop so I finished that off today while I was at work as well. But um, anyway, hey, uh, so I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of Southern California. Uh, I guess theatrical, I should say. Theatrical mainly, live entertainment sound designer. I guess that's not necessarily entirely clear. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, whatever. Uh, but I'm also working on a video game called Killing Come of My Friend. That's going to come out at some point in time, I, I think. I don't know. So this week, the end of our November holidays. Oh, sad. Uh, we are reading Hellboy. And of course, as we do with every book we do here, we're going to have to have a drinking game. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. My drinking game is Mike Magnolia. I'm going to screw up his last name. Mike sure loves tentacles, doesn't he? Uh, So every time you're um, reading through the comic and either there's a tongue that's crazy long tentacly, you know, just whipping about, or even tentacles themselves floating around, one should take a drink. I'm going to change that to be must love tentacles because that way it sounds more like a a personal ad. Well, thank you. I'll do that. Must love tentacles it is. (laughs) I've made an executive decision on that. I thank you. Okay, uh, Adam, do you have a drinking game rule? Uh, mine's called Creatures of the Night. Every time they say creature or they talk about an animal, take a drink. Okay, that sort of ties into mine, so I'm going to go with mine. Mine I'm calling Ribbit Ribbit. Every time <laughs> a frog appears, take a drink. That- you bitch, that's mine. <laughs> I had a backup one, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Do you want to take... See, my, my... Yeah, sure, if you have a backup one. Okay. Uh... Although, although I titled mine, since my name's Jeremiah, I'm not the only bullfrog. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think nice. you should take that, maybe. I think I... Oh, I think I was going to call mine They Shoot Nazis, Don't They? And so every time you saw a swastika on, 
on stage mm-hmm. and take a drink. That's what I'll do. We'll, we'll call, yeah. We'll call They Shoot Nazis, Don't They? Which is or, an old movie reference for you kids. Or we could or we could team up if, if, you know, anytime someone sees a frog, they have to take two drinks, one for each of our games. I'm not feeling that evil because there's a lot of fucking frogs. Like, I, th- <laughs> I thought that was an evil enough rule to begin with. Was the, like, like, I thought it was mean, but uh, okay. Basically, Hellboy, it's a... Uh, this book has another writer on it. I can't remember what their involvement is, but it's Mike Mignola. He's done the series for, I think, almost 20 years now. Uh, is that correct, Adam? No, uh, uh, long ass time. Like long ass time. We should, Lee would Lee would know. Oh yeah, uh, Lee would here, know. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up for us. By the way, Occult Day is uh, November eighteenth. November eighteenth. Mm. Oh okay, awesome. Well, actually, yeah. So we're a little. Our all holiday is a little same backwards. Month. Same month. Okay, so we're we're a little fast backwards, but okay. Um, and Hellboy, uh, the the actual series. Well, his first appearance was in nineteen ninety three, but he was in a couple of. Uh, random like san diego comic-con exclusive or in like uh anthology books uh his first the first issue of seed of destruction was in march of 94 and it was uh Uh, and it was john byrne that did the script mike mignola did the story but john byrne actually scripted it gotcha and then the rest of the books end up becoming just mike mignola by himself if i remember correctly for the most part there are a few um in fact they just came out recently there are some individual books that are done in the Hellboy universe that are done by other artists and um, authors a little bit. Like, it's expanded to a point where, like, he has his own universe, which you can find online and look up, which is kind of interesting. But basically, it's a, a creature who is, you know, summoned from hell, which you will learn in this book. Uh, this is a little bit of an origin story, but mostly it's a uh, investigation story. But basically, Hellboy works for uh, the Bureau of Param- Paranormal Research, BPRD. And what is it? What is it? Bureau of Paranoi- Paranormal Research Division or something like that research no, division or something yeah yeah anyway but basically it's a uh, they're like ghostbusters they are whatever they're they're a group that goes and they um investigate paranormal claims and whatnot and they uh then fight basically weird creatures of the night uh so it's it's ghostbusters meets um uh lovecraftian horror characters kind of things so uh this book starts out with the uh the birth quote unquote on this planet at least of Hellboy and then gets into uh, them investigating a uh, story of a family who has a, has this weird generational obsession with this uh, hidden uh, cave in the fr- frozen tundra of somewhere or whatever that has killed off like seven generations of their family and it ends up having a slight bit to do with the person who actually summoned Hellboy to Earth. Dun, dun, uh, dun! dun. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's basically sort of like a little jumping off point as to what that is without getting too spoilery on it. Uh, so should you read it? It's time for us to take our vote. Vote for Pedro. So I've been asked by the judge to be the form. Vote for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. We don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now who is the bond? I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Uh, Maya. Uh, absolutely. I'd say this is probably, you know, one of those books that any comics fan should read. And then if they, uh, they decide they like it, read more. But, uh, Mike Mignola's, uh, 
art is especially, I want to point that out, uh, as being especially mm-hmm. good in this. I've, I've always been a fan of his art. Um, it's kind of hard to, de- for me at least, to describe his art style. Um, yeah. Other than saying it's Mike Mignola style art. Style art. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. And especially if, you, if you've seen the movie and you want to know more, this is a great uh, and short uh, trade to read. I think it's only four issues. Yeah, it is only four issues. I also like the comics way more than I like the movie, but that's okay. I sometimes describe it as very graphic. Uh, like it almost looks like like poster art type stuff uh, is the way I kind of describe his art. Um, almost like something you'd see like on a movie poster kind of thing, like very block colors and things that way. But yeah, he does have a very specific style. Um, Birthday Boy, what is your vote? Uh, no, I liked it a lot. I mean, I, I've loved the movies. Uh, they're <clears throat> done by Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro, so I've, I've liked them a lot. But the comic is fun because you kind of get, um, again, the art style is really fun. It's really well written and it's a lot of fun. So. Uh, Todd, what's your vote? Absolutely. This thing's a blast to read. The, I mean, he was talking about Mike's art style. I mean, he doesn't try to do anything really with shading. There's a little bit of cross-hatching, but all the colors are pure inking, inky pureness and everything going on. It's really a style unto itself, but it's graphic. It's a lot of fun. And I had a blast reading this, and it makes me want to read more. So, yeah. I have a lot of it, actually. Um, and I guess that tells you into my vote. I am a definite yes. I have been reading I, I got into Hellboy late I think I didn't I think I just started reading it like this year if I remember correctly actually after listening to an interview with uh, Mike on I think the Nerdist podcast actually which is kind of interesting and that's when I started reading the comics and uh, got to a point where like I am right at the point where if I'm going to read the Magnolia universe I can actually split off a little bit so that's kind of what I'm about to do but as we discussed earlier I'm trying to read down my to be read pile it, so my sort of like slight goal is to get it down to like the 20s by the end of the year if I can possibly do that so uh, I got a ways to go because uh, I've been cheating and reading all the, uh, the short ones first. I have some long omnibuses I'm going to have to plow through here in a little bit. But cool. Uh, does anybody else have anything they want to uh, mention as a precursor or forewarn anybody about this book before they jump in? Yeah, I want to warn you that you're going to have an awesome time while you read it. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a that, that's a very valid warning. Um, so you've been forewarned. Uh, so cool. Well, then uh, we will let you take a little bit of a break uh, or and or take the time to read it if you haven't already. Um, and when we get back, we will spoil the living shit out of it and uh, discuss how we loved it or didn't love it. But we've all voted yes. We probably liked it at least a little bit. Uh, anyway, and so we'll see you on the flip side. Yay! 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 If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Hey, welcome back. This is what we're going to do. Uh, Maya's grabbing a drink, but we're going to start without him because we're going to go fast. We're going to do the lightning round a little bit differently. We are each going to take an issue. There's only four issues in the entire book. We're going to go semi-autobiographical, moving uh, Jeremiah to the end because he's, run- he's getting a drink. So... Uh, first issue will be from Adam. Second issue will be from Brian, which is me. Third issue will be from Todd, which is Todd. And fourth issue will be from Maya when he shows up. So, for the lightning round, it is a relay race. And here we go. Lightning round begins. Okay, so it starts out, it's in, uh, you're in Britain, it's during World War II, and you're reading the journal of First Sergeant George Whitman, who's actually from the U.S., and he's saying they've been camped out at this, like, church for a while, <coughs> it's like a bombed out church from World War II, that something's gonna happen with the Nazis, that's all they know. Uh, they're there with, uh, this guy named the Torch of Liberty, who appears to be some kind of superhero from America, 
and he's joined by um, three other people, this professor, uh, there's a guy named Broom, and Lady Cynthia, who's like England's psychic. And they're there and like, what the hell is going on? Why are we here? And she's like, well, no, something, the psychic's like, something's gonna happen. Uh, we know there's something crazy going on. Oh wait, there's something, there's a second center of this like paranormal activity going on. And you find out it's taking place up north in Scotland and the Nazis are all up there with this guy who's like dressed up with this weird electronics on him. He's got a Nazi symbol on him. He's got long hair. And he's like, oh no, keep on feeding me the energy. Something's gonna happen. And all of a sudden the medium's like, oh no, weird shit's happening. Like I can see there's a tragedy here. This church, these spirits are here. They're warning us. They should say we should stay away. The Nazis are sending more power to this person casting a spell. And then boom, this thing blows up and all of a sudden the Nazis are like, Okay, what happened? Because nothing happened up where they were. And they're like, oh, you tricked us, blah, blah, blah. You failed. He's like, I haven't failed. Something happened. And we go back to England and find out that there's this little demon child there, and he is named Hellboy. Uh, skip ahead 35 years. Uh, Hellboy is now part of the BRPD, and he's talking to... Uh, what's the guy's name? Broomholm. Is that Broomholm? <laughs> Broom? No. Yeah. So he's talking to Broom. Broom's old, and Broom apparently had something really bad happen to him. He's like, yeah, like... I was somewhere this stuff happened. I can't think of what happened, but I'm glad you're here. So you find out he went on an expedition up north. They went to this high mountain and they found the statue. And while they were there, all of a sudden something weird happened. And the next thing he remembers is waking up, jumping over the ship into New York Harbor. So he's there crying and being boohoo, I'm old and I forget things. And Hellboy's trying to be nice and looks up and all of a sudden sees the frogs are falling from the sky. So drink. Uh, so Hellboy goes outside to see what's happening. The old man's like, oh my god, save yourself, run. And then boom, something throws him outside and he's all dead and like zombie looking with all these weird sucker marks all over him. So Hellboy says how he always gets angry and he rushes inside to see what's going on. He's attacked by this weird frog creature. The frog licks his hand and his hand goes numb. So uh, actually his left hand is his normal hand. His right hand is with this big stone looking thing. So he punches the fuck out of the frog. The frog grabs it with his tongue, but it doesn't do bad things to his, his big powerful hand. Runs away, so he goes after him. He shoots the frog. The frog falls down and dissolves and turns into a puddle of goo and a skull. Then he calls the, the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. That's what it is. He calls in to be like, hey, some weird shit happened, and I killed this frog, and it died, but then it left like a skull, and they're like, oh, well, go ahead and uh, uh, get your team together and do what you need to. And then we flip ahead back to England again, and we find out that there's this old lady there saying, yes, he's dead. All this stuff's happening how he's supposed to. And this shadowy person says, yes, that'll, that'll be taken care of very soon. And you see there's a frog in her cup. Dun, dun, da! And now we go to chapter two. Okay, chapter two. Okay, and at the beginning, end of this, at least in my copy, there's a really interesting African myth about a yeah. frog, which I really think is cool. The gist of it is, is that the, a man sends the, the dog to talk to God and say, hey, um, tell God that I want to be reincarnated and it is a different creature. Uh, the dog, being very loyal, says, okay, I'll go do this. Um, and the dog gets sidetracked by something shiny. Oh, uh, a frog gets to God first. Uh, soup. Oh, soup. Yeah, that's right, because he's hungry. Uh, so a frog gets to God and says, hey, this guy doesn't want to be reincarnated anymore when he dies. And, and God said, okay. And then the dog finally eventually shows up and says, the guy says, actually, he does want to be reincarnated. And God says, well, that's very great and appreciate you for being so loyal, but the frog showed up first, so that's why man is not reincarnated. Starting chapter two, we have this big old creepy house out in the middle of nowhere that's partially sinking. Um, you see this woman, she's talking about her whole family where you have essentially, I think, nine generations of this family who have um, basically been obsessed uh, and like 17 lives have been lost trying to go camping for, uh, this family goes and looks for, uh, on this quest for, I don't know if they 
damn the actual location. But it's basically the same place that Broomholm was talking about, where uh, they go up into the wilderness and they are they'll go up into um, the uh, snow and uh, they they're looking for the space. And she talks about how her three sons had just died on the same excursion um, and they didn't have any children so that might be the end of the family curse uh, so uh, they're discussing this she ends up showing Hellboy and uh, he's also with two other members of the PPR PBRD one of which actually both of them you would recognize from the film um, it is let's see what is her Liz. name uh, Elizabeth yeah Liz and uh, Abe Sapien uh, who uh, you will find out but Abe Sapien is going by Abraham Sapien right now so she is going to take them to their rooms. Uh, you realize that Liz is a pyromancer and can start things on fire. And you realize that she, uh, you know, she accidentally killed her. They talk about her backstory, about how she accidentally killed all of her family and everybody in her apartment building. Um, and then that's when she got into the BPRD. Abraham Sapien and Hellboy are sharing a room. You realize that uh, uh, Abe Sapien is actually sort of like a partially fish creature that they found uh, right around the time that Abraham Lincoln was actually shot. Uh, so he jumps off the side of the building and into the lake that's around the building because the bottom floors of this house that they're in are sinking. So he's uh, Hellboy's talking on the phone to Liz, and uh, she says that she's going to hang on a second, and uh, she sees some frogs, and Hellboy freaks out, tells her to get out. He goes plowing through, gets to her house, and doesn't find her there. Then he ends up finding the butler. Uh, he grabs the butler, and the butler turns into the same creature that he had fought before, this big sort of fishy amphibian guy so hellboy and this big fishy amphibian guy they fight they fight they fight he ends up throwing the amphibian guy down onto the floor they keep fighting lots of fighting um they're fighting uh, abe sapien is now swimming around he finds sort of a, a big place i uh, talking about how there's a lot of death in this house um and as they're going around uh hellboy comes downstairs and he finds the woman they've been talking to earlier she is a corpse now and she has lots of suckers on her like from the frogs like before the tentacles before and then it is revealed you see the big bad guy the same guy who summoned uh hellboy who you're led to believe is rasputin uh later in the book but it does not necessarily tell you uh if i spoiled that for you i'm sorry but you should have read it already well, at this we're point doing in time. Spoilers, so though. anyway i know we're, we're past that point so anyway so hellboy goes to attack him and a giant fucking tentacle comes up and uh and starts holding him and rasputin says haha i'm going to get you now and uh, you see at the very end, Hellboy's stone hand wrapped in tentacles about to sink into peril. And end of chapter two, on to chapter three. Da-dun-dun-dun! <laughs> so we have chapter three here. It starts out with Hellbill. 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 That, that's the Hellbill. That's his redneck cousin. That's his redneck yeah. cousin with Bubba Hotap <laughs> yeah. as well. I tell yeah. you, what, he, he hangs out at the corner. <laughs> out in the corner of bumfuck and you got a purdy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it is a purdy mouth. So Hellboy is mouth. falling into the water. He falls in and what does he find is there's good old Rasputin type character going I brought you into this world. I can take you out again, boy. And let me give you... Bill Cosby joke. Yes. And then he proceeds to give you a whole lot of exposition on what's been going on in the past while he's standing there. He gets all sorts of Bond villain on He that. really does. So he's just talking about his grandmaster evil plan as he's going, he's like 80 years ago and 50 years ago I found this creature and I'm going in after it. And while he's talking, Hellboy is of course trying to fight him and then it seems the frog rat, the butler guy comes after him again. Yeah. Transformed even more so, and he's like, the guy's even uglier than he was before, which is a feat among himself. 
and he's they're they're fighting while the guy's still telling his dastardly plan. And then we jump to Abe Sapien, who's back and he's walking through the gates and he's going, "What's going on here?" And there's another frog next to a quote about death, which is lots of fun. And he finds these corpses and husk out shells going, I don't know what's going on. And he sees Cavendish, the body of Cavendish. And as he's looking through, then it jumps back to Hellboy, still fighting the old butler. And they're just duking it back and forth, throwing each other. And it's fight, 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 fight. And then after the end of the fight, Hellboy kind of got his ass handed to him. And you hear Rasputin talking about his time in Italy and then going off to meeting up with the Nazis and going, hey, these are cool guys. I'm going to team up with these guys. So he's fighting through with the Nazis and you have Hellboy going in and going, dude, Nazis are bad. I'm going to take you out. And he says, but we went up to... He's like, no, 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 not going to do that. But the uh, Nazis, they all head north. And they say we found this big, ugly creature called the Sadu Him. And it's tentacly and old and hungry. And people were sacrificed to them. And that's turning into other creatures. And he keeps stalling his dastardly plan because he's the ultimate Bond villain. <laughs> and explaining that's how things have come. Villain, villain, villain. And... This creature's now grown strong, and Hellboy says, I don't care, you still need to go to hell. And Rasputin's like, no need, hell is coming here. And he, Hellboy goes, I'm in trouble, I think I need some help, and I wonder where Abe is. End of chapter. Chapter four. That's me. Uh, so the issue starts off with uh, Liz's power, uh, I guess, being siphoned off into, uh, what was it, Sadu Him? It's yeah, some of the giant tentacle the creature thing. Tentacle creature. Um, well, yes. Hellboy is fighting the um, the frog, uh, Sven Olafson. Uh, but Hellboy is fighting the what's his name Olafson. He ends up finding a uh, concussion grenade that's left over from this from some sort of cemetery job he did. Uh, I don't know. It's just randomly in his pouch, pockets, belt. Uh, Deus Ex Concussion Grenade. Yep. <laughs> he rams it down. He rams it down uh, Olafson's throat. It goes boom, splat. Pieces of him go everywhere. Uh, then it skips to. Um, so you have Rasputin who is sitting there. He basically has all these different stones that are different uh, connections to basically bringing like hell on earth or whatnot. And they're starting to bang into each other because of uh, him trying to bring the zombie things down and that jumps you into uh, an alien ship yeah this alien ship guy and they're they're watching uh, you know they're saying you no know, this the seven are gonna devour the universe um, which I guess they don't want to have happen neither do the humans probably well it messes up with their more Mindy reruns yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nanu 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 <laughs> Um, One of the rocks looks like it's about to crack open. Uh, Rasputin is like, yes, yes, I'm going to win. Uh, And then, pew, gets shot through the back with a spear, with a spear, no, with a spear or harpoon. uh, The Abe Sapien shot. Uh, Abe is possessed by, um, oh, what's his name? I'm just going to call him old what's his name, because I can't remember at the moment. Uh, Oh, the the family hunter who he found his corpse in the basement. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, Liz uh, lights lights herself up. Looks like she she was freed and uh, 
lights everything on fire, including Rasputin and Sadu Him. Uh, everything's on fire. Ape Sapien grabs Liz. They say they gotta get out of there. Uh, more fire. This thing, there's fire everywhere. And even as he's burning Rasputin, is still Bond villaining and telling all sorts of shit. Like, yeah, like, he's gonna I'm gonna tell you my master. I'm gonna tell you my master plan while I'm burning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sapien and Liz start to get out of there. Uh, Rasputin shows up and is like, "I'm still your master." Uh, and to which Hillboy says, "Screw you!" and punches him in the face. Uh, they tussle. They have a fight. Hellboy beats the shit out of him. Uh, literally beats him into a skeleton uh, as he burns to death while being pummeled. Uh, and then the the house or castle that they're in kind of collapses. Uh, everyone kind of laments at the end. Uh, they're everything's okay. You okay? Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Uh, and there, remember, uh, Hellboy thinks back to uh, something that Rasputin said: that if you kill me now, you will never know who you are. You will never understand the power inside you. Which kind of leaves Hellboy thinking. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have killed him. He was like, huh? But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, this is not the end. And then it cuts to a, a Nazi castle uh, where ice starts to crack and uh, break. And you see uh, beeping happening. And there's a picture of uh, what I would assume are the villains from the next story. The winter soldier of Nazi people or whatever. Yes. Yes, they are coming back. They are back. coming back. Yeah, and there is your Hellboy Seeds of Destruction. Don't don't call it a comeback. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've been there for don't years. Don't call it a comeback. <sighs> yeah, yeah that's all right. That's, that's my cat being very needy. It was mad at me because I was playing the monkeys earlier today. My cat doesn't like the monkeys apparently. We have to play the Rolling Stones to see if the cat because it's not a monkey. It's. I'm just wondering if my cat prefers the Rolling Stones <laughs> versus the monkeys. I'm not exactly certain, really. No, the cat was more upset that I was trying to put the cat somewhere where the cat didn't want to be because that's how cats are. But. Anyway, cool. So yeah, so that's our <laughs> a very entertaining. I don't know how well, it'll be funny to edit that and see how if that's actually shorter or longer as a lightning round, but more fun for me at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, your other idea was evil. Maybe we'll do it with. We'll we're gonna do that next, next week. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I, uh, but if you, if you if you prepare me on this, I can be ready I, to go. This might. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I'll edit it. We'll see how it goes. This might be our new way of doing things. You have to prepare your poor girlfriend. Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry, darling, but it's your birthday. You have to have a little surprise here and there, right? Maya, stop showing me your titties. <laughs> uh, so who here has uh, read Hellboy before? Am I the- I've seen Maya's titties. Uh, I've, read, I've read this many, many moons ago. I read this one. That's racist. Uh, and I've read, and I've read uh, the first part of Hellboy in Hell. Okay. Just because... I Back saw the BPRD couple. movie. Does that count? No. <laughs> no, this is the first time I've ever read Hellboy. Okay. Was right here. So because yeah, mine too. I've, I've seen the movies, but I've not read yeah. the books. And, so. I, and I have them all in the the collected library editions. It makes me want to actually go and actually finish read them. them. Well, how Gatsby of you? And uh, and who here has seen Maya Topless? <laughs> and the question is, who hasn't? That's about. If point. not. Hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Maya. Slide into my DMs. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll, hey, guys, I'll, I'll add him to our our grinder okay, account. So. Put him on subscribe. There you go. Well, so okay, for those of you who this is the first time you've read it, I guess, which is almost everybody but me, I was just kind of curious as to what your first impressions were. I'm trying so hard to keep this train on the tracks. My God, I'm trying hard. 
It almost felt it almost felt like uh, noirish. Oh, right, like it yeah. was very much almost like mm-hmm. Mignola very much has that style. Yeah. That's his, I, and that's part of the reason I like his. I guess that's a good way you can describe it. Yeah. Earlier, yeah. I said there isn't a way to describe his art. Noir. noir. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's good. No, that's a, that's actually a very I mean, good point. You, you don't really get like the femme fatale and the things you normally are used to with with any kind of noir type stuff. But like the, the whole time, especially with Hellboy, you know, being the narrator and like constantly talking about himself in the, in the third person and the first person, that was. It, it felt like I was watching like an old gumshoe show, like, yeah. like you know, Humphrey Bogart or something like and that. And he does many, well, not many times, maybe more than, but at least more than once, say that you know I'm the greatest paranormal investigator, blah blah blah. They wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's like the red. You're Hulk. right. It very much is sort of like a Dashiell Hammett or like an old, you know, like detective novel. Charlie Chan. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like it's an old detective novel. <laughs> I mean, that's technically correct, although I mean. The original Charlie Chan movies are not necessarily the most politically correct thing in the world. Talking um, not in these days. Cow on wall, speak, moose, moose, you imbecile. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, hopefully you you kids know what that movie that's from because it's hilarious. Uh, what's wait? It's called Murder by Death. Oh yeah, I have I have that. That also has like a bunch of weird celebrity cameos too, and it doesn't it. Oh yeah, you've got like uh, what's his face? Who was Columbo? You've yeah, got a lot Peter Falk. Um, Peter Falk. You've got uh, I'm blanking on names now. The guy was a uh, fucking. Hey, I'm Obi-Wan, not the only one that's brain dead. Obi Wan Kenobi. Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Guinness is in it. He plays a, a weird character. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Truman Capote. Yep. Oh, hamming it a, up. That is so awesome. Hamming it up. There is, no, uh, there is no other mode for Truman Capote. Like I love Truman Capote. <laughs> I really do. Like. Music in Other Rooms is like one of my favorite collections of short stories. What's really funny is he and Orrin Hatch have the same list. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're the same person. No. They, think they, they, they don't get to talk a bit. No. Well, it's so weird to think that like the, the character of Dill from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is based on Truman Capote. Like, I really just wanted to hang out with them as children to see, like knowing what would eventually happen. Like, you just want to see what those kids playing around would be like. You know what I mean? It's just one of those weird things. Oh yeah, how does it was that all, it was all, Hmm? It was all fun and games until Truman Capote said the N-word. <laughs> also true. Uh, yes. And he has someone to come in and break up his shiffer robe. Shiffer robe. <laughs> that is a deep cut from To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> if you know it. I did that playing college, so I'm very well aware of that scene. Uh, okay, <laughs> anyway. Wow, we're getting into some weird classical literature here. That's just fun. Uh, Not only is it, edu- is it entertaining, like- it's educational. Yeah. Yes, I it like is. Comics. We've read books without pictures, kids. Yay for us. Books. I have But what's the okay. point? Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so we're gonna lose Adam here in a little bit. So, Adam, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, like I said, it was it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, I, I've heard lots of amazing things about Hellboy, and I've been told time and again I need to read it, but I didn't know why. And the, the fun thing was, if you've seen, especially the first movie, they they do a lot of things to try to tie in the storyline from this first book into that with like Rasputin being the bad guy or without Rasputin type character. Well, he's Rasputin. It was Rasputin. Yeah. 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 He, he says he was betrayed and shot and poisoned and dumped in the river. Yeah, it's all yeah. Rasputin. Um, and I, I, I'm interested to see more because I don't know if, you know, he's in, in the movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> Hellboy gets his horns back and becomes evil, which, again, it's a fucking 20-year-old movie. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen later on in the story, but it was kind of fun, again, having that as my background to kind of have some knowledge of the character. But at the same time, they did a really great job of introducing Hellboy, introducing the BRPD, and not making it feel like it had forginitis. Yeah, for sure. Like, he, he, boom, 
Rasputin did this thing, Hellboy shows up, and then we flash forward 35 years and we jump into the meat of the story. It took yeah. all of 10 pages to see where it came from. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like having to see Uncle Ben die for the 35,000th time. Yeah. Or, you know, or the you know Superman with Krypton blowing up. So it was very elegantly handled, and I appreciate that because I don't really give a shit about your origins, to be honest. Like, let's just find out what you are now. Like, if you want to tell a good origin story, you tie it in during later episodes or later issues. And this one just let you just kind of jump in, be done with it, and go on. And uh, but yeah, the art's really fun. The writing's really cool. I, it definitely has that fun occult feeling to it. And I, I'm excited to read more. I'm glad that Maya has the collection, so I can jump in and take a look and it's a fast read i think i read all four issues in half an hour yeah it's yeah i mean it, no, it doesn't take that long to go through them all uh but it's it's really cool well cool. uh maya what's your thoughts uh i'm kind of of the same mind um you know i love i love i, I can't gush about mike mignola's art enough mm-hmm. um and i i can't imagine any other art style being applied to to hellboy yeah. Um, it was I'm thinking just, like a Van Gogh. It wouldn't Picasso, maybe. Uh, Al- Alex Ross would be no. Bob Ross. I love Bob Alex Ross, but Ross. yeah. <laughs> happy yeah, little happy little demon right here. <laughs> yep, happy little Rasputin. But uh, no, I love I love that it because uh, it's been a while since I've read this. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. Uh, I like that the movie didn't completely wasn't completely this story and and vice versa. Um, just because it, I'd seen the movie more recent than I've read the book, so reading it, I was like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about all these weird frogs and tentacle monsters and aliens and all this just fun stuff that's in the book, and I think that's the best uh, thing I can say about the book, is it's just fun. Yeah. Uh, not only is it well-written and, and, and well-drawn, it's just a fun book. Um, which people need a lot lot more these days are just fun things yeah uh but yeah that's kind of how i feel um i'm excited to see the new movie next year with uh david harbour good old good old hopper from stranger things as hellboy well and i'm sorry uh, ron yeah but i mean once you mentioned the 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 fact that i mean and i hadn't thought about it but really is that this is basically an old film noir detective story Mm -hmm. If you could mm-hmm. do have him do it and have it be like the voiceovers, like you would from a you know film noir kind of movie, it would be awesome. You know what I mean? Have his sort oh, yeah. of him talking, kind of like a, like like Mickey Rourke in Sin City. Oh yeah, like when he's Marv. Oh completely. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. Um, also, I just looked up the IMDb. I did not know this. Uh, Ian McShane is playing Professor Broom. So really, fuck yes to that. That's interesting. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. Cool. Uh, Todd, what are your quick thoughts? And then we'll get into cocktails so that we can get Adam out of here. No problem. Um, what I really love about it, this guy, Mignola, I, I'm just going to call him Mike from now on because I can't do that last <laughs> it's name. Mignola is fine. So, so Mike, because that's what I'm going with. Mikey. He has so much love of like these detectives. You've got this noir. is like It's noir with like strong, vibrant color at the same time going in. He's a little bit Tarantino-ish. Not with just the art and the story. There's all this stuff you can tell he loves, but he sure makes it his own, and it has its own identity. I don't feel like this is trying to be or copying anything else. It's not like, oh, this is the latest and greatest preacher or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It's got a good story. He has so much back history you can tell that there is in his head, but it's not in a rush to get it out. Let's just focus on the here and now. And it's just doing its own thing, and it's found its own groove. 
so early on and it there's a, just a confidence to it that's just so engaging to be in and I love it. I mean, everything is just singing together. This thing is fantastic, is um, my opinion of it. I mean, it's not super deep or trying to. I mean, it's got some tropes, and of course, it's acknowledging them, and it's seeing where it can go from here. So I'm having a lot of fun reading this. I'm, I'm not going to add anything to all of that. I think it's... Uh, I like I've, I've read this before. I'm the one who... I mean, I guess Maya's read it before as well, but I've read... Probably about the first seven trades of it. I love this book. Uh, just to give you kind of a heads up, if you're interested in this and you want to go further in it, a lot of these, a lot of these stories in this are very much like Maya described as detective stories, where it's like each one's kind of its own little detective story. Not a lot of them build on top of the other ones, so it's not like you have to really keep track of a whole running chronology. I mean, they do kind of run into some stuff over and over again, but like a lot of it's like, oh, well, then we had to go do this monster, and then we had to go investigate this. But it still, it has the fun. It has the visual style that's really great a couple of his books are just collections of each issue is its own little short story so it's kind of like a fun little like collection of like hey i'll just read one issue every night as a bedtime story and have really fucked up dreams and whatever and the other thing i want to add is awesome. after you mentioned uh the tarantino collection i just realized i would love to see mike mignola do a script from tarantino like that would just be fucking really cool um, in my opinion but speaking of fucking cool it's time to get drunk, kids. So uh, let's jump in with some cocktails. Behold, Mr. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water. Alcoholics transform. Adam, birthday boy, why don't you go first? Uh, so I didn't mind the Hellfire. Uh, what you do is you take uh, one and a half ounces of a silver tequila, two teaspoons of lemon juice, two teaspoons of lime juice. You add it to a shaker with ice, shake the shit out of it. You get an old-fashioned glass filled with crushed ice. You strain the uh, drink into that, and then you top it with a... You drizzle a teaspoon of cherry brandy over the top. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, so, you know, different, different flavors that I don't normally go for, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of different weird flavors, not this. Sorry, this isn't anything I go for. But I looked up a cocktail based off of Rasputin, and I got this one, and it's probably one of the girliest Rasputin cocktails you can come up with. <laughs> uh, so this is, I mean, you can definitely enjoy this uh, on a very light summer's day, even though it is called the Rasputin. I was hoping for something darker and creepier, but I guess probably with the red, it's going to be there. But this is two ounces of raspberry vodka. Uh, two and a half ounces of cranberry juice and one and a half ounces of fresh squeezed grapefruit juice. You shake the shit out of it, you pour it into a glass with ice and you garnish with a lime wedge and probably, you know, sitting out back in your khakis and your big straw hat and enjoy it while looking at your grand farm and thinking about the Russian Revolution and the occult, I guess, like you do. Uh, Maya, do you got a cocktail? Uh, I do. It is called, now the measurements in this are in milliliters, because I believe I found it on a, uh, a British site. We're um, Americans here. Them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's called the Squished Frog. Oh, no. Uh, it is 15 milliliters of melon liqueur. Must be 15 French. 15 milliliters. Or, yeah, I think it was a, it's French. Uh, uh, Advocat liqueur. Maya totally missed that joke, Todd. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Maya, go Fuck ahead. Fuck you, I'm tired. <laughs> All right, let me start over. 15 milliliters of melon liqueur, 10 milliliters of advocate liqueur, 10 milliliters of Irish cream, and two dashes of grenadine. Uh, you pour the melon liqueur into the glass, layer in the advocate, 
uh, add your two dashes of grenadine and then layer in the Irish cream on top. And at the end of everything, there should be three distinct layers of liquor in the glass. That sounds fun. That's very fancy. And mm-hmm. Mr. Todd, do you got a cocktail for us? I sure do. This is honor of the Cavendish house that they go to that falls all apart. It's a classic drink called the Cavendish one. So you have a highball glass filled with crushed ice. But before you get to that, you have a shaker. You put in an ounce of vodka, two ounce of bitters, and you shake the shit out of that. And you strain it into the highball glass. And then you put a few, two drops of um, lemon juice on it. And then you take a bottle of champagne and you fill with champagne for the rest of it. And then you put a garnish of a lemon twist right on top. The Cavendish. Awesome. Also, I'm going to point out, because I'm a nerd, every time I hear Cavendish, I think of the professional cyclist. I'm sure I'm the only person in this panel who's thinking of that. But he has done fairly well in the Tour de France. I believe he's also an American. Um, cool. Wasn't uh, Cavendish from, like, uh, was it Great Expectations or what? They're thinking of Havisham. Mark Havisham is what it was, yeah, yeah. Mm. It was something like that. Wow, we've referenced Great Expectations as well, and I pulled out some knowledge on that shit right there. We're, we're getting all kinds of fancy as fuck on this thing. Shit, I'm, I'm, You've got an education. I'm proud as fuck of myself for knowing that reference. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Nerd. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking bummed. God, please, no! 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 Okay, so we're going to start out with the votes. Uh, so for, uh, I mean, writer, which is sort of for both of these guys, for writing, for Mike Magnola and John Byrne, uh, what's your grade, Todd? B+. Plus. I mean, it. there was a simplicity to the story, and there were some episodes, I mean, you had the Bond villain exposition, and as much fun as what it was and the tropes of it, it was starting to carry on. But it was very consistent throughout, and I didn't feel much was wasted at all, and it was very engaging on the story. So, B+. Plus. Cool. Uh, Maya? Uh, I was at a B+, plus, but then when we made that connection that it's very much like a noir, noir uh, detective story, which I love, uh, I'm going to bump it up to an A, uh, just because I, I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to go with the um, split the difference. I'm going to go with an A-, minus, uh, for both reasons that y'all just described I, I think it's fun i think it's a great little detective noir thing really rereadable by the way because like, i the second time i've read this probably within the last year it's it just gets more fun the more you read it actually to be honest with you so like for rereadability like some of these sometimes we'll like recommend books we've already read and i'll read it a second time and i go yeah that wasn't quite as great the second time around this was actually <laughs> still just as fun and still just as cool the second time around in fact i might have had a little bit more fun with it reading it a second time around because i just got to have more fun with it i think so um and adam what is your grade uh, I'm at A minus. You know, there were there were a couple small problems that I was able to overlook, like like Todd's the whole Bond villain soliloquy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a lot of fun. I loved how they it it drew you in and made you feel like you again, like it was like a it was a noir book that kind of wasn't wasn't. So it was it was supernatural noir. Let's go with that. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. So. Great. Um, I have a suspicion as I know what the answers these are going to be, but <laughs> for the art, what are the grades going to be? We'll start with again with Todd. Oh, it's an A. It has its own identity. It's perfect for the content. It's enjoyable every time. 
Um, there's no faults in it. I mean, it's fantastic. Go, Mike. Maya, what's your grade? Uh, I'm going to give it an A+. Uh, you know, there's no one out there like Mike Mignola. Uh, there's no one that even comes close to it. And I, I don't think I've even seen people that have tried to imitate him. Uh, because he, as Todd said, it very much has its own identity. Uh, there are no other uh, Mignolas before Mignola. Uh, I will agree with that. I'm going to give it an A as well. Fucking fun art. Like, just super fun. Very iconic for that artist. Um, and actually, the funny thing, too, I'm going to point this out because I mentioned that I first started reading this because I read an interview with him. I can't remember what it was, but there was something that he had said that he never wrote into scripts in this because he can't draw them. Like he's like, I can't draw well, so I don't put it in the scripts or anything. He's like, because that's the benefit of being a writer. He's like, I don't know if I can work on someone else's book. He goes, he goes, I write around problems that I have. So like, if I can't draw that, I don't write it into a book. <laughs> it might have been like cars or something like that. Like you never see cars in his books because he says he can't fucking draw them. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, and then uh, Adam, what's your grade? Uh, again, I'm going with an A. I mean, the the art is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, I was I was kind of hesitant at first i've seen some hellboy art that i thought was what the comic was drawn like maybe it is in future issues but this one uh was a really enjoyable and a lot more fun to read so um and then for i guess a cult day uh you know how fitting is this for a cult day uh todd perfect <laughs> i mean for as big of a miss as we've had for some of these this one yeah. was right on the money so this one, yes, absolutely. For a cold day, read this one. Have a great time. Adam, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, again, go with A. I mean, this, this fully encapsulates, encapsulates everything we've been hoping to have for uh, this holiday. Well, I guess if it's a holiday, whatever it is. Um, no, it's, it's creepy. It's fun. It's cool. You've got Rasputin casting spells, trying to bring ancient mm-hmm. evils back to life. I mean, I don't see... I mean, maybe if we would have read Sabrina this week, it would have been more occultish. But that's about the only thing I could think of that would really replace this as far as perfect for the holiday uh speaking of which have you seen the covers for the vixens the scent uh that uh robert hack did it's for uh it's like bayside vixens it's uh like betty and veronica as like 1950s bad girl sort of grindhouse chicks i don't think so no it's pretty i'll send it to you it looks awesome um i'm also gonna go with an a like this is really kind of very occulty very lovecrafty uh super fun stuff and maya what is your grade uh, also, also an A. There's not not really anything I can add on. It's very much uh, an occulty book, uh, so it ties into the holiday very well. I also cool. want to say with this, I mean, it, and it's not like for super mature readers either. I mean, I'd have no problem giving it to a younger. We're very reader. immature readers. We're very immature. We readers. are, but, but, but we don't we don't read literature though. Apparently, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one is more surprised than I am. <laughs> yes. Well, my fellow immature readers, uh, time for final grades. I'm going to be crazy, and I'm going to go backwards this time, so we're going to say, Adam. I'll do an A-, minus, just because, I, again, the for me, the, the writing is always very, very important, and, again, this is funny because I feel like I'm apologizing for giving it a really good score. Uh, no, it's really interesting. It's really fun. It doesn't quite hit the level of A and A+, plus that we're used to with, like, uh, Saga and The Wicked and Divine, but it definitely piqued my interest enough to actually want to go see it more and made me that much more excited for the third movie coming out. I'm going to give it a, an A for what it is. For If you were looking for something occulty um, and you're looking for something very specifically, Mike Mignola and looking for something like it's just a great recommendation. It's uh, it's for what it does. It does it really fucking well. And uh, so if this is what something you're in the mood for, it's something I would definitely highly recommend to people. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Maya, what's your overall grade? 
Uh, a. Uh, there's isn't. In, I don't see any other grade for this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's really nothing to, to add on. It's just if you like fun books with amazing art and and fun story, uh, it doesn't get much better than this. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Todd. Shocker, shocker. It's an A. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it's an absolute great time. I want to read the next one. This made me order the next one coming in. And I think that as much as a score of anything else is, is it on a, hey, if I get to the next one, I I will read it when I get around to it. But this one is, no, I'm ordering the next one because it's time to read it. So, and that establishes the A for me. So, yes, absolutely. You should read it. Yeah. I'm sorry we all hated this book so much this week. Um, You you stinker. It's just rotten. And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. You're a stamp tramp. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Maya and I discussed this way back in the day, but the first trade has now been out for a couple weeks of um, Doom Patrol is out, uh, written by Gerard Way, a.k.a. the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. I thought it was fun. It's fucking weird, though. Like, that's the thing is, like, it's one of the, and I was reading some stuff, uh, I think it's in the afterwards where they describe a little book. Like, I read the book. I'm having fun with the book. I can sort of tell you what the book is about, but I ultimately don't know where the fuck it's going. And I'm not even exactly sure where the fuck it's been. But it's just fun. And it's an interesting thing. And one of the things they talk about in the afterward is that they kind of wanted to create a book that just has to be experienced. And that's kind of a pretty good description as to what it is. Like, it's, it's a fun book. Um, it's a, it's weird. It goes strange places. It has interesting characters. It's sort of like a lucid dream. Like it, it makes sense in a weird sort of slightly absurd way. I just, I really had a lot of good times with it. I'm looking forward to the next trade coming out. Um, it's pretty interesting. If you're looking for something just kind of a little off the beaten path and a little bit weird, and you're willing to be a little brave and try something a little strange, uh, it's, it's fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Todd, you got anything? So I saw this online and I ordered it. It's come in. I flipped through it. It's the book is called God is disappointed in you. Someone oh, has my life. It is. Someone has gone through the Bible, taken out all of the flowery language, but actually was a very faithful telling concise of every story in the Bible. So if you want to say it was what actually it is. So each book is like 10 pages long and, it is hilarious and it is terrible and it tells all the stories that your uh, the sermons always have a tendency to leave out with how hypocritical and cross it says everything two different ways out of each corner of its mouth so you can always pick oh it means this no it means that it is awesome and it's called god is disappointed in you yeah and you should i, I just pulled it up on amazon it's crazy because the cover is this little dude sitting on like this rock Bent over with his holding his knees, looking just like looking sad, and there's this big ass hand coming down from the heavens to like flick him in the head. Yes, <laughs> it's got a plush like leather cover to it with like the gold trim on like all the pages, so it looks just like a Bible, and it's set up in just the same way. The thing is a riot. 
That's awesome. Yes. I when you first told me about that, I was like, you have to buy that. That sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yes, and so. I bought it. So yeah, you can buy it, and it's illustrated. The one of the artists for the New York Times illustrated it as well, with some pictures every few pages. So it's great. Awesome. Uh, Adam, you got any recommendations? Uh, I honestly, right now, I, I've been working so much, I can't think of one. So <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, Maya, what do you got? Yeah. Uh... You know, this month we got Thor Ragnarok that came out, and uh, if you want to read more Thor that's, that that was based on, that, that's a lot like that, um, look up, there's five volumes of Thor by Walter Simonson. Uh, it is probably considered the best run of Thor ever. Um, but it deals with, like, Surtur and Better Ray Bill and Balder the Brave. Like, it deals with everything you know about Thor most likely came from this run of uh, run of Thor. And it is, it's fantastic. It's, you should definitely. Is it like, is it like weird space-agey Thor or? Uh, it's all of the above. Okay. It's a little bit of everything. Uh, Frog Thor is in it. Uh, nice. It's. Mm-hmm literally everything you could ever want to know about Thor or read about Thor is in those five volumes. Nice. Okay. Um, hey, Adam, I got one I'm going to throw in for sure. you. Um, I, I'm, I'm pinch hitting as a recommendation for Adam. This is a weird one, but if you're into it, it's kind of fun. I there, there is a Netflix BBC series. It's, it's a British comedy intended only for Netflix. I don't know if it's ever actually on the BBC called Crashing. Not to be confused with the Pete Holmes HBO comedy, Pete uh, Crashing, but it is about these weird sort of twenty-somethings who basically they are they they have jobs and they have like these lives and romances, but they are living in an abandoned where uh, hospital, and so they basically there's I guess because of they become caretakers and so they get like these permission to basically live semi-rent free but take care of these old decrepit <laughs> buildings, and it's. This weird group of uh, like about five friends who are some of the residents of this basically crashing in this big weird uh, hospital, and it's it's a little soap opery at times. It's a little strange, a little weird. It's kind of it's fun and quirky and kind of weird, but I actually really really enjoyed it. There's also another um, BBC series on. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but while I'm mentioning it now, if I haven't mentioned it before, a show called um, uh, Toast of London which I just finished and absolutely loved. Uh, there's about five seasons of that on uh, Netflix. It is, uh, if anybody's familiar with uh, the TV series, the IT crowd or the IT crowd, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the, 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 the second boss they have, the, the sexy boss. Um, he, <laughs> I think he plays this guy who's like, he, it starts out with him being this actor who is the in the worst play in London to the point where like, anytime someone tries to mention it, they somehow like censor out what the name of the play is. And like, he has he has this agent who's always giving him shitty gigs and like it, it has a lot of weird sort of inside humor but it's like it's just very strange one episode uh, this one actor or this one director is convinced that former actors always sort of uh, become poachers and so he's always trying to get them off of his land because he thinks like basically like when you're a washed up actor you go start trying to poach and then like kill animals and then sell them which seems really bizarre and odd but then it keeps creeping up through the entire episode there's lots of really strange <clears throat> things that happen to this actor uh, it's just it's fun. It's really weird, but like I love the hell out of it. And it might just be because I work in theater, but like it cracked my shit up. I thought it was really funny, but it's also just kind of weird. But two kind of fun, weird. If you're into like British comedy, 
they're kind of fun and quirky and strange and i i really enjoyed them i thought they were a lot of fun so been shitting for adam there's nice, some weird you. you know bbc stuff for you so well cool well so that finishes it up for this month which is <laughs> our month of november so here's the deal y'all if you listened to us last year you know that finding a full trade of christmas books is fucking nope. impossible um like comic books are really pretty good about doing like individual issues but full trades really hard so lucky for us it is uh, mark millar comic book writer who is uh loved and hated and sometimes that just depends on which book he's written it is his birthday on december 24th so we are doing a month of happy birthday mark millar where we are covering some of our uh favorite uh books uh from him and I am subtly trying to pause because I'm trying to look up the list right now. I know we start out the month with uh, a recommendation from Adam, which is American Jesus, which is about what would happen if the second coming of Jesus was a kid in like middle America yeah, somewhere. American Jesus. Um, yeah, hence American Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I read ahead and so I have already read it. So we will be doing that next week. Uh, following American Jesus, we will be doing uh, Starlight, which is a book which was actually recommended to me while I was in New York by uh, the comic book shop uh, Midtown Comics, which is about, I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, basically this guy uh, is an old man on his and uh, his, his kids don't come home for holidays to visit him or whatever. Everyone thinks he's crazy because he keeps talking about how he was an astronaut and how he saved this planet and whatnot. And you think this guy's crazy and senile and full of um, shit. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, a spaceship shows up and uh, takes him off to save the world, the galaxy again, and you find out this old man wasn't really full of shit, so now he's basically this old man who's trying to fight aliens and whatnot, which is pretty fun. Uh, then after that, we are going to the classic Marvel book, Old Man Logan, um, which uh, is uh, fun, and then we're going to finish off the month with Huck um, about a kind of simple guy in a small town who uh, is going about his life trying to do one good deed every single day and uh, and tries to do it anonymously and then eventually becomes non-anonymous and what happens to his life and, and he also has some other uh, things going in his life which make uh, for interesting conflicts. So uh, that'll be our month of December. Uh, so once again, that's American Jesus, Starlight, uh, Old Man Logan, and Huck. So we'll start next week with American Jesus, all Mark Millar stuff. Uh, and like I said, some people love his work, some people hate his work, and some people it just depends on which book he does. So mm-hmm. um, that that being said, does anybody else have anything they want to add? No, that should be it for no, me for the week. Cool, well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, and we will see you next week for American Jesus. See you later. Have a good one. Yay! Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.